welcome to day 197 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. Paul Kemp here with David Keefe, uh, Matt Kresge, and Katie Kresge. And uh, we continue our journey through the book of uh, First and Second Kings, which of course would have uh, been one single volume uh, in the Hebrew Bible, uh, rather than divided into two. What we're seeing is, you know, they, we're seeing the rise and fall of the nation of Israel. They have a uh, a bright moment, you know, when a young shepherd boy becomes their king, and they have a uh, kind of a pinnacle of their wealth and a pinnacle of their you know prestige as a nation under his son Solomon. Uh, but you already see the decay, even even in the reign of David, after he was a man after God's own heart, he made a fatal mistake. His family uh, fell away from God, and of course Solomon uh, fell into the great temptation of his wealth and led Israel, you know, uh, almost from uh, the beginning of his reign, immediately away from God. And, and so we find, you know, God remaining faithful and God being patient with Israel, but finally bringing Israel to judgment. Uh, the northern ten tribes have already uh, been carried off by Assyria. And uh, this week we go with the demise of the, uh, the other two tribes, which are really assumed into one, uh, Judah, as they also were carried away into captivity uh, by Babylon. So we start off in First Kings twenty-two, and this is a, this is a high point in our uh, in our uh, in our text. Uh, King Josiah, who reigned on the throne when he was eight years old, but a very remarkable eight-year-old indeed he was. So before we read, let's do as we always do. Let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. And David, do you mind lifting us up in prayer? No, let's pray. And Father, we um, ask now as we turn to your scriptures. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence with us as we read your word. And we ask um, that you would graciously open our eyes to behold wonders in your scriptures. Um, help us uh, to be encouraged where we need encouragement. Uh, to get, be convicted where we need to be convicted. And in all things, may, may you be glorified and may we be built up as your people uh, to be your people um, here in this time, in this place, for your glory. We pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Second Kings 22, and Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother's name was Jedidah, daughter of Adiah, and she was from Boscath. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the 18th year of his reign, King Josiah sent the secretary, Shaphan, son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, to the temple of the Lord. He said, go to Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him get ready the money that has been brought into the temple of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have collected from the people. Have them entrust it to the men appointed to supervise the work on the temple, and have these men pay the workers who repair the temple of the Lord, the carpenters, the builders, and the masons. Also have them purchase timber and dress stone to repair the temple, but they need not account for the money entrusted to them because they are honest at their dealings. Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the secretary, I found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan who read it. Then Shaphan the secretary went to the king and reported to him, Your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and entrusted it to the workers and the supervisors of the temple. Then Shaphan the secretary informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah the priest, Achim, the son of Shaphan, Akbar, the son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Isaiah, the king's attendants. 
Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all of Judah about what is written in the book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because those who have gone before us have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Akbar, Shaphan, Asiah, went to speak to the prophet Huldah, who was the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Haras, keeper of the wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the new quarter. She said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Tell the man who sent you to me. This is what the Lord says. I'm going to bring disaster on this place and its people according to everything written in the book that king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all the idols their hands have made. My anger will burn against this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I had spoken against this palace and its people, that they would become a curse and be laid waste. And because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore I will gather you to your ancestors and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I am going to bring on this place. So they took her answer back to the king. And so you have kind of a portrait of the nation of Israel in temple. The temple has fallen in disrepair, and of course the nation has fallen deeply into disrepair as all. It's it's kind of incredible uh, that they rediscover the book of the law, you know, that is somewhere, you know, contained in the temple, almost as if it is a new thing to them. Mm -hmm. So you've had this long history uh, you know, we're, uh, the nation hasn't even uh, been aware of a copy of the Book of the Law. And, and so they recover it and they treasure it, and it's kind of a remarkable place. And uh, uh, all of this is a kind of a nice, uh, not a nice reflection, but an apt reflection of where Israel is. And, of course, it can also be an apt reflection of where we find ourselves, that uh, uh, sometimes we uh, allow the law of the Lord to be lost to us as well. Shows you the value of of the word. Now, of Katie, the Lord. you told us the first thing you were going to say is, "I really like this Josiah." Boy. Oh yeah, I really like Josiah. That's my <laughs> yeah. main comment. Yep. Oh, um, good insight. <laughs> I know, but no, I just it shows you the importance, or reminds you of the importance of the word of the Lord, and it makes me think of Psalm one nineteen. Just the it's so powerful in revealing our hearts, and and should be held in such. Um, I mean, I feel silly saying high esteem, but yeah, it's just so powerful and can be used to just bring us to repentance. And um, I love Josiah's reaction when he finally is able to read it. And and apparently so does God because he sees his humility before him and he sees his immediate repentance. Um, and uh, yeah, the God's word is good at revealing our hearts to us. No, and in, in seldom do we treasure it as much as we should, you know, or any of us. I mean, David did write Psalm 119, 24 stanzas, each starting with one letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and every line in the stanzas starts with that line, all in praise of God's Word. And then, of course, you even have Psalm 19, which is the shorthand version mm-hmm. uh, of Psalm 119, which he said, I desired your law more than the much precious gold, and it's sweeter to me than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. Mm. 
And if we really realized, you know, what we have in, in God's Word, a conversation with God from the heart of God, revealing the character of God, and drawing us into a relationship with God, mm-hmm. it would be the most precious thing we possess. Mm-hmm. And, and not just something to put on a shelf, but something to be read, to be devoured, to be meditated on, to be marked, to be highlighted. Uh, I like what uh, Paul Tripp says, if we really realize what we had in the Word of God, it would be the most precious moment of our day, the moment we got to open mm-hmm. it up and it was just mm-hmm. us and God. Mm-hmm. Now, it's cool to see as well, you know, it seems like, yeah, as you were alluding to, Paul, they, they, they find this book, right? And they're not even really sure possibly what it is. It, here's this book that we found. But then they start reading it, and the king, I love that he hears the words of the book. So he's hearing the word of God, and then he obviously responds um, by saying, you know, those who have gone before us have not obeyed the words of, of the Lord. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written concerning us. And so just seeing again that the, the word of God kind of bringing renewal and revival to their hearts and, you know, not do a pun or anything, but Josiah is being shaped by the word, right? Like he really is. <laughs> and he's, like, he's being invited into the drama of scripture. Yeah, the word is This is almost like him. season two of his life. And it's changing him and transforming him to towards repentance that we see, but also desire to act in accordance to it, which we haven't seen in a long time. So it's, it's just great to see that the word of God is living and active and and does these transformative works. Uh, Chris, I was surprised to see the word book there because I... Uh, Obviously, what they recovered was not a book, but it was a it was a scroll. And I was wondering, what in the world, what Hebrew word are we translating book? Because there was no no <laughs> codices, you know, at, at this time. But it is it's the word for a personal message. Uh, so it's it's a, a, like a a letter that would be written and hand delivered. And, and what a beautiful picture of what you know God's word is a personal message uh, that's you know hand delivered to us. Uh, you know, through the God who loves us, you know, so deeply. Yeah, I can't help but think, I mean, how much of just life in, in Judah just went, you know, kind of on as normal without the word of the Lord in front of them. In other words, like you have priests still operating in the temple and they have no idea what they're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. in there. You know, you have just a nation living as the people of God, but with no no idea what it means to actually be the people of God and how mm-hmm. much how much heartache and, and heartbreak and and sin would have been restrained, you know, if they had been no, just hearing the word of the Lord on a regular basis. And so I, I love, um, you know, just his response is not only does he see the importance of the word of God, but then he responds appropriately. And his I love, his heart was responsive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it, it is a a deep visceral response to it, not just oh, mm-hmm. I guess we need to you know clean up a few things, mm-hmm. but you know the the deep mourning, the deep lament. Uh, that you see, which is you know so appropriate. You know, Jesus would say the same to us. Uh, Blessed are you who mourn, yeah. uh, for you will receive comfort. And this is a case that that, mm. that is really happening. Josiah is mourning, and he receives the comfort and the blessing of the Lord. Does not stay uh, the judgment of the Lord, uh, but there is this beautiful moment in the midst of judgment where we see a person walking with God and enjoying His presence mm-hmm. uh, in, in in the middle of that. And even, you know, Jesus in the Gospels, you know, quotes Deuteronomy 8, which we've looked at, I believe, you know, man doesn't simply live by 
bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so we, we see that God's word brings life, and, and we see some of that being restored here in the people mm-hmm. that have neglected this word, and, and in a sense kind of just lived on bread, just living life, doing their thing, but then the word shows up, and it's the word of God, and it, it brings a fresh renewal of life, at least for a period of time, right. in the people of God. And it's no wonder you know, that uh, Isaiah and Jesus after him and can describe the leader of people as blind people who are leading blind people. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly uh, you know, what has happened here. Uh, you, you have people who are just uh, doing, uh, following their own impulses, and those impulses are shaping a nation, and the nation is moving further and further uh, from the heart of God. Matt, why don't you uh, close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, that's pretty good. Father, we are thankful for your word, Thank, thankful that you have spoken to us um, through it, you've revealed your heart and character to us. Um, Father, forgive us for the times that we um, treat it lightly. We take it for granted. We don't open it. Um, in fact, it's as if we we don't even have it. Um, Father, would you help us rediscover a, um, the beauty of your word? Help us to, to treasure what we do have, and not just to hear it, um, but also to um, to respond appropriately to it. Father, would you cause our hearts to be responsive to who you are and into what you've um, revealed to us in scripture. I thank you for this time together. Now, would we be transformed into the image of Christ as you continue to work through your word in us? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.